Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and I'm presenting this podcast to get your inner Frenchy vibes happening. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live both in Australia and France and share ideas for how to connect to the Francophile inside you. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. Now, this is our fourth episode and it has been wonderful to get feedback from Francophiles about how they like to listen whilst also looking at the photos in the Lulabelle's Francophiles Insta and Facebook posts. Just head to the lulabelle'sfrancophiles.com website and you will find a lovely way to stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Now, today's guest has travelled with me a number of times in France. Marbel Ami Karen Gruby worked in the travel industry in years gone by and now spends much of her time researching for her next trip to Paris and France. And as another Francophile like myself, her research is always top-notch. And as her friend, I have had the benefit of her hard work on numerous vacances en France. So bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles, Karen. Bonjour, Lou. Thank you so much. So, Karen, today we are going to chat about our time together in Paris. We've travelled in regional France too, but this chat is specifically honouring a lovely drop, which is quintessentially French. That is champagne. Yes, something close to both of our hearts. We. Oui. So a couple of years ago, we were in Paris for a weekend and you had the magnificent idea of making a list of all the places you'd like to drink champagne in Paris. Where did you come up with such brilliance? Well, I've always wanted to try the longest champagne bar in Europe, which is at the St Pancras Station in London. Mm-hmm. But every time I've been to St Pancras Station, I'm usually arriving there, so there's a quick departure and haven't had the chances yet. And I remember watching on AbFab recently the ladies sitting there enjoying a glass of champagne, Bollinger or something, before they boarded the Eurostar, and I always thought, what a lovely way to start a holiday. Oh, we'll have to remember that for the next girls' trip. Absolutely. Do you remember the first night when we arrived in Paris 2017, I think? You were there already when I arrived late at night and we had a drink and dessert at the Café de Paris, which was in the 6th arrondissement right near our hotel where we stayed at the Hôtel de Marinière. You enjoyed a red wine and I had a glass of champagne and some raspberries. And that was the first of many more glasses of champagne to come. It was. So at that time, we were in the Saint-Germain-de-Prey area of Paris on the left bank. Do you recall the next day you got a call from home? I do. We started off early and we had a coffee and a croissant we I think we grabbed from the Paul Cafe just near the hotel and then I received a phone call from home with some good news and you said to me oh look we just have to celebrate we're around the other side of the world and it's such good news let's have a glass of champagne which is like 10 o'clock in the morning. Where else in the world could you sit outside a cafe and enjoy champagne at 10am? We were standing out the front of a cafe I think and just went in and asked if it was too early for champagne and the waiter was so delightful and he got all excited with us. Um, It was right near that famous Café de Flore, I think. All the clichés that we think of about Paris, because it was in the morning, there were pedestrians bustling past with armfuls of flowers and Parisians on bikes and gorgeous architecture to gaze at. It was 
a lovely time sitting with the Coupe de Champagne. Now, both times we had a girls' weekend in Paris, I arrived first and you joined me late at night after a long flight from Australia. A year later, in 2018, you arrived late after my partner Paul had headed back to Australia. But it was still in time for a petite glass of champagne in the Marais. That's in the fourth arrondissement, just near the Hotel Denise on the Rue de Rivoli, Mm -hmm. where we were staying that time. It was a beautiful, quaint little boutique hotel which faced onto a little square surrounded by restaurants and cafes and on other nights I recall meeting locals who were happy to chat late at night and felt instantly at home. I remember that you had that list of places for us to wander to. They were all within walking distance of the Marais. We went to beautiful little chouette bars or cute bars. We had an exclusive dinner at a really funky pop-up restaurant that you found which only sat Mm -hmm. about 10 or 20 guests at a time. Do you remember that? and they they served amazing champagne with food to match. So for any Francophiles who are planning a trip to Paris when the world calms down from COVID, where do you search to find these little amazing morsels of perfection which a foreigner who's only focusing on the main touristy sites would just walk right by and miss? Yeah, it does make a difference. And I think I remember travelling years and years ago with my mum and we had so much trouble finding places to eat in whatever city we were in I thought I think that's what started me off on the journey of you really need to research and back then I'd get books from the library and whatever but now it's like whenever I'm watching tv and a chef talks about a particular cafe or restaurant or I start on the google and then from there yeah it usually leads to blogs and then books and I keep buying books on Paris delicious (laughs) days in Paris a sweet life in Paris it's just so many but so many people do write about those small places that you may not know about, you know, places that you need to see the Eiffel Tower and the main attractions. But I think what makes a trip really special is those more intimate places. Quirky sometimes yeah. too. Yeah, quirky. Exactly right, yes. A weekend that we spent in Paris in 2018, we were there for what's known as the Patrimony Weekend, which I didn't even know anything about, but your research found for us and opened up a world that we would never normally see. What's the Patrimony Weekend about? The Patrimony Weekend is held every year. Um, I think it's about the third weekend in September, and it's across the whole of France. And a lot of museums and even some private homes. And in Paris, the Elysee Palace, for example, is open. And there's no charge for tourists and for the French. So the locals have a chance to visit all these places too. So it's quite amazing. The place. But we, I remember we lined up for the Elysee Palace. but We did, but the whole of Paris was there lining the, up with oh, us. The whole of Paris. Every, every <laughs> Parisian was there, exactly. <laughs> it would have oh, been hours yeah. and hours. I think we decided to go somewhere oh. else. We went to the Picasso Museum that was his family home as a child. I found out a lot about Picasso that I didn't know. We also went to see a building near the Seine in the Marais that I've always been fascinated by and I've walked past it so many times. It has a cannonball stuck in the wall from the Revolution, Mm -hmm. which is amazing in itself. But to go behind the huge facade and see the beautiful building inside was so wonderful. It had an amazing courtyard and beautiful rooms inside. And it was an art installation for that weekend. But I've been fascinated every time I've seen the building that they haven't removed the cannonball, but instead have carved the date under it as a reminder of the revolution, I think. It's an amazing building. Now, that weekend was so wonderful also because we explored so many new areas that we hadn't been to before. We did. There's so many wonderful bars and cafes that you can enjoy a coupe de champagne. 
But a lovely memory that I have, probably one of my favourite moments, was that we had our Sex in the City moment when we had our hair done with our girlfriend Simone as well. And it was just fabulous. We were just treated so beautifully and it was just a very special afternoon. It was. I found a beautiful coiffure online years earlier before going to Paris with my family. And as we were going to be away on holidays for a number of weeks back then, I knew that I would need a haircut. So I booked it before leaving Melbourne. Charlene Ramon is an amazing hairdresser who provides an unbelievable experience. And after the first time I went there, I have just returned again and again, sometimes twice in the one week. It is so magnifique. All that pampering with hand massages during the hair washing. Charlene always brings out these beautiful little sweet hollow pastry treats called chouquettes as well, which are served with cream that's dusted with gold leaf. It's just incroyable. And champagne to go with it and hot tea as well and it was just you come out feeling so glamorous with your makeup done and touched up and your hair done oh, it was just great it was, it was. we wandered off feeling incredibly stylish we ended up after that in the most divine little street that was like a petite village all on its own near the Tour Eiffel it's one of the most beautiful quirky things that I really love about Paris even though it's a major global city it's also a series of villages or neighborhoods that have their own personality and you'd researched this street or a particular place for us all to have lunch but I can't recall what it was called where was that right near the Eiffel Tower which even though it's the Eiffel Tower which is such a tourist attraction it's also a very much a residential area and they have this fantastic market which is on I don't know if it's on every day but often and the street's called Le Petit Claire I think we sat outside and enjoyed snails and champagne for lunch <laughs> there overlooking the market and just sitting outside watching the people go by. It I was love just the snails and champagne. so wonderful. Yes. I love the snails and champagne everywhere. Absolutely. And then we wandered on to the Ile Saint-Louis and found a table outside there because every once in a while you get tired, so you've got to sit down again and have another glass of champagne. And so we did that and had our ice cream and champagne. And it was fabulous in the sunshine and, again, watching the people go by and it was just lovely. Now, there are so many more places we could recommend for people to visit for Champagne, such as if they're arriving or departing from Gadeleon, a visit to Le Tremble with its opulent decor is an absolute must. There are just loads of them. Absolutely. And the, one of the other cafes, which we have here, but I don't think it's quite the same as, I suppose, when you're in Paris, everything's more French and different. La Deray have a couple of coffee shops in Paris. But they also have one at Orly Airport and yeah. you can have your champagne and your coffee and cheesecake there as just... I remember we did that as well. I'll put the links to the places we've mentioned and maybe a few more that we liked on the website. Head to lulabellesfrancophiles.com to find out more. Now, in each episode, we like to share some French music, either current or traditional. And today, as we've been talking about champagne, which always puts us in the party mood, I have a live version of a song where we can hear the crowd who may have had an elegant suggestion of champagne singing along with the band. It's called Escatumalaise and is by a French duo called Frero de la Vega. They're two gorgeous young blokes who won the French version of The Voice a number of years back, I think. This song of theirs also features a well-known singer in France and a musician, Natalia Doko. Escatumalaise means, are you leaving me? And the song describes how someone has fallen head over heels and can't get their lover out of their head, yet they worry that the feeling isn't mutual and the whole thing is only fleeting. And so they keep asking, Escatumalaise, are you leaving? I think it's just a really fun song and I hope you all enjoy it. 
So merci beaucoup, Karen, for joining us today on Lulabelle's Francophiles. Merci, Lou, and it's been great fun. Thank you. And now here's Escatumalais. Et sans prétexte, sans prétexte, j'en meurs d'envie, j'en rêve la nuit, mais quand t'es tresse, délicatement glisse le long de mes mouas, j'en meurs d'envie, dis-moi que tu restes en deux, trois mois et plus encore, oh quatre, cinq, si tu es d'accord, j'en meurs d'envie, j'en rêve la nuit, j'en rêve le jour, pas dans mon sans dessus, dessous, dis-moi qu'est-ce que t'en dis Le rêve, la nuit, le rêve, le jour et toute une vie Sans dessus, dessous, dis-moi Sous-titrage Société Radio-Canada 
That was Frero de la Vega and Natalia Docco with Escatumelez. Now, just before the song, we were chatting about lovely times in Paris with my belle ami Karen, who is a wealth of information about many of the more obscure and also marvellous things to see and do in France. She is very happy to answer any questions, so drop us a line on the lulabellsfrancophiles.com website with your query. Karen and I were reminiscing about a couple of times when we had escargot and champagne on our visits to Paris. Now, some francophiles listening might be screwing up their noses at the idea of eating snails, but I am here to tell you it is a delectable treat that I crave, whether at home in Australia or over in France. Luckily, though, we now live in an era where almost anything is possible, so you can enjoy a glass of bubbles and a platter of escargot right here in your home. I like to buy my escargot at the Essential Ingredient in South Melbourne near the market. They also sell the shells there as well, but there are many good French food stores around and you can look them up on the web. I found a recipe from SBS Food by Simone Logue, which is in the traditional style more or less and is so simple and tasty. Tinned snails are fine for this recipe too. Mix together butter, remembering that in French food, real butter is best, but a substitute like Nutlex is fine for the dairy-free amongst us. Wine, garlic, shallots, parsley, salt and pepper. Divide half of that butter mixture amongst the snail shells, then stuff one snail into each shell and top the snails with the remaining butter. Now to grill them, it's a little like grilling oysters Kilpatrick. You put a thick layer of sea salt in a shallow baking dish and position the snails on top so the butter won't run all out when it melts. Then grill until the butter has melted and it's all a sizzling and manger straight away. As with all the details from previous episodes, the recipe and other links are all on the littlebellsfrancophiles.com site. Well, say to and say fini for another episode of our little podcast. Until next time, I'm wishing all the lovely francophiles out there au revoir et à bientôt.